What is up, CSP fam? This video podcast is dedicated to talking about principles and ideas that help you brand your business using story-based marketing. Remember, your brand isn't what you say about your organization. It's what other people tell other people about your organization. So with some time left already, let's dive right in. Last week, we talked about culture and how it helps your organization in story-based marketing and branding. This week, we're going to be asking the question, how do I get a healthy culture? How do I begin to change the culture within my organization? Those are the questions we're going to ask today's guest. And I have with me one more time, Super Bowl champion, chief culture officer of Conquer Ninja Gym franchise, and entrepreneur in business and cultural leadership, Ben Utek. Thanks, Ben, for joining us again. John, I love it. Thank you for having me. Ben, so last week we talked a lot about culture and how the culture is the leader's choice and kind of what a healthy culture looks like. This week I want to ask kind of the more difficult question. Have you ever been part of an organization that needed to have kind of a culture shift and what did that look like? Yeah. Um, well, we touched on it a little bit in our in our last video, but I, I went from a world championship organization to uh, the last team that I played with in Cincinnati um, that hadn't won a playoff game in over 20 years. And it was not an issue of talent. They had incredible talent, both on offensive, uh, offense and defense. So you got to ask yourself, okay, well, what's the difference? How can you have so many right. talented players and yet really struggle to, you know, uh, to win, especially in in the most important time of the season, which is which is the playoffs, and I would just say that there were there were some very different choices made uh, organizationally uh, on the business administration side. How the scouting mm. process, um, the you know, which means the type of the type of players and the type of personalities that they have, bringing them onto the team, and then really how that how that team. Um, was able to uh, really develop uh, morale and practice a culture yeah. that that mm-hmm. Im- is designed to improve the human condition of of the player, right? A, a culture that's designed to um, uh, promote uh, more cohesion and and more uh, commitment mm-hmm. um, from the player to the organization, right? And <clears throat> and that's ultimately, I think. Uh, was a significant difference maker in world championship success and, Mm. and average success. Yeah. So, I mean, you kind of mentioned some of the characteristics of what that looks like to be part of an organization that needs to have a culture shift. But like, if you could define like, here are, here are kind of the three or four main things or one or two main things that you can tell that maybe your organization isn't well, a healthy organization needs to change that yeah, culture. So <clears throat> I would also say that, and this is true in sports uh, entertainment as it is in, in, in corporate America, you know, one of the things you deal with in sports is, a, is the old school style of, of leadership and coaching and the servant leadership style of coaching mm. And leading, and a lot of times that's defined uh, by fear versus love, hmm. and what love means is value and respect, 
right? We're not talking about romantic okay, love here. We're yeah. talking about deep value and respect for the people that you work with, right? So um, when you build a culture out of fear, um, then everybody is always walking in insecurity sure. every day. Yeah. Because am I going to lose my job? Am I going to lose gonna my Am I going to perform up to the performance standards I need to? Right. Now, here's the thing with servant leadership, which pours first into the human condition, you still don't subtract the realities mm. of your job sure. and the expectations of your job. You can still lose your job sure. in a culture that celebrates servant leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the way in which people are developed and treated mm. that changes. Okay, typically in a fear-based model, a lot of times leaders are going to uh, behave in ways to um, improve their power and mm. improve their control. Right. And in my executive coaching, in my consulting, in my speaking, a lot of times when I experience other companies that according to their employees have a toxic culture it's because of mm. uh, platforms um, of development that that come out of that that old school fear-based power and control model right. um, a, you know a, a model of entitlement and a model of selfishness sure. and and when when your leaders are practicing power control fear selfishness, the waterfall effect that that will have on all of your employees um, is going to be negative. It's going to be draining. And so um, the sad thing is, John, is is the majority of people uh, that are out in the working world are experiencing cultures like that. Right, right. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of cultures that really say, I value you as a person more than the product that you can produce for me. Right. Um, there's not a lot of organizations that are going to come out and, and say that, right? Um, but and another thing to note too, especially in the larger organizations, is that um, <clears throat> you, you would want to be careful or I would be careful to say that um, that um, that there isn't positivity or there isn't um, uh, healthy subcultures that exist within sure. these large organizations. Mm-hmm. When you have thousands of employees – Okay, and and you and you speak to one department that is experiencing, you know, a toxic culture. Um, it may be because the leaders in that department sure. are creating that subculture. When your executive leaders are are, are actually um, doing a very good job at, at right. developing, you know, the managers that are mm-hmm. that are you know with, with that are directly underneath them, or you might have other departments that have leadership that are actually doing a very good job. So. So you want to be careful not to not to just attach toxic culture sure. to, to to everything, but it exists. Right. It exists um, in every organization, even in organizations that have worked really hard to define and to distribute um, positive culture. Uh, even those organizations are going to have subcultures where where leaders are going to um, have a negative impact on employees. Right. right? So it's a, always a living organism. It's always something that you need to work on, which is why. Mm. Like my title as chief culture officer is a new trending title because companies are starting to realize, gosh, we talk all the time about culture, but we just throw that off onto HR. Right. HR, they have so much stuff that they have sure. to do and take care of. So you really need to have one leader in a department that focuses completely on holding the culture of the organization accountable yeah. and developing it so that it can be healthy. Yeah, and I would actually say... <laughs> A lot of those companies too, 
don't actually continue to talk about, they might continue to talk about their mission and their vision. Um, they might talk about their culture at one staff getaway once a year, um, or maybe they do it for, for one year, but then they just kind of forget about it or they let it go to the wayside or they let HR take care of it or whatnot. And so what you, what you have is you don't have, you, yep. On paper, you have a culture by but, default, right? But you don't have a culture. Yeah, a lot that of follows right. So mission, vision, and values. A culture by default um, means that the the leaders that you hire into the organization that are managing, you know, the majority of the employees, those leaders, um, if they're not developed, um, are just left to their own behavioral devices. Mm. Okay, and Every person in the world is an imperfect person. Right. And if you don't develop them, if you don't practice and help them grow in, you know, these foundational beliefs or values, then you then all you all you can do is sit back and hope that you right. hired a really good person. <laughs> right. And that that really good person is always going to do a really good job managing and mm. and treating their 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 um, team members um, in the way that 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 fills them up and, and makes them feel valued and a lot of times that that is not a, a strategy that's successful yeah so as leaders what must we do to start a change in our culture that is more fitting to who we want to be as a brand mm. like how do we start that yeah. change that's a good that's a good question so in in my in my company believe in culture where i do a lot of keynote speaking i do a lot of executive coaching you know, one of the programs that I built called the Champions Way, really coming out of that Super Bowl championship team, was trying to define what that culture was. Mm. Um, as you know, to give people a real example of of you know what would this process look like. So I came up with what I call the four L's. Mm. Uh, what does it mean to be a champion listener, a champion learner, someone who asks great questions, mm -hmm. and then actually knows how to take the answers and apply them. Uh, what does it mean to be a champion language user, a, a great communicator, mm -hmm. right? Um, because even individual words matter. Sure. The, the rhetoric that we use as leaders is, is so critical. And lastly, what does it mean to love uh, your, your team members deeply? And, and, you know, that's always, that always seems to be a, the most uncomfortable of the else sure. <laughs> to talk about in corporate America. Sure. But the reality is, is that we're talking about a familial or a brotherly or sisterly form of, mm -hmm. of love. It's, it's value. It's respect. It's something that we practice as human beings every day. We just need to talk about it more. Mm -hmm. So, so mm -hmm. you know, those four L's lay a construct um, for what a culture could be built on. And then I go through each of those and I define them and then I give an example of, of um, you know, what the foundational beliefs are like, for example, with listening, one of the core uh, beliefs to be a great listener is empathy. Mm. Empathy means um, putting yourself in the position of the person speaking. Sure. And so to be a great listener, you have to be empathetic mm -hmm. and you have, to, um, you have to practice selflessness. Mm -hmm. And if you do that, um, what you will receive, what you will take in from the person speaking will have much more value to you and you will understand it more deeply and be able to react to it more uh, positively right. and efficiently. Sure. Yeah. yeah. No, that's good. That's good for sure. 
So in your experience, all right, uh, how long does it take? You know, let's say somebody hires your, your organization, they, they purchase your videos or, or whatever, and they watch your content. How long does it really take? start to see a shift in culture. Culture is the leader's choice. <laughs> we talk about it all <laughs> yeah. the time. And and people you know get get tired of hearing it, but um that that the answer actually um is directly correlated to time, right? Mm-hmm. So it really comes down to the leaders. How how serious are you about it and how much time are you willing to put into practicing it? Right. So culture typically takes um you know, can typically take an organization, um, you know, a, a pretty substantial amount of time. Sure. And a lot of that is is wrapped up in how much um, how, how much time are they willing to put into the development of it and practice it up right. right away. Right. And I think what happens in organizations is they recognize how critical it is, how important it is, and 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 where they're doing it wrong, and they want to, to fix it. Mm-hmm. And so they, they bring in a, a consultant who really is a glorified Band-Aid. Mm-hmm. And that is a person that comes in and, and gives them two to three months of really good content, and then they leave. Mm. And, right. and uh, the board or the, the executive leaders can check off the box, hey, we, we, we did it, we brought somebody in, we, we grew a little bit. Uh, and then they go right back to doing what they were doing before. We're doing before. Yeah. That's why I think if a company is really serious about their culture, they they need to, you know, they need to bring on somebody that, you know, whose sole job is to is to develop and then hold that organization accountable to that culture, and to to build a, a department that's focused on on doing that. Right. But it's really based on the leader's choice. Right. If a leader really wants to change culture and they're willing to put a team on it and and, and around it, it can be done in a much more um, in a much more quick and efficient way. Right. I think what a lot of uh, organizations sometimes get themselves into is, uh, and we've we've heard this this term before, is image management or brand management. Right. They have to fix something. They have to change something from what people are saying about their organization, right? So um, they, they do hire these consultants. They hire people to come in. Like you said, it's just kind of a Band-Aid. But how does actually establishing a new healthy culture from a culture that maybe was an unhealthy one, how does actually establishing that culture affect what not only employees are going to say about it, but maybe what customers are going to say about your organization? Yeah, so here's a here's a here's an example. So, um, in in my culture consulting firm, we have an assessment tool that we created that um, allows us to understand what it is the employees believe about the culture that their leaders have created, mm. and if the leaders are willing to listen with humility, mm-hmm. uh, they can gain a lot of insight on what areas they need to focus on changing within the culture. Right. One of the key areas of distrust in every organization, it doesn't fail, is when employees don't understand why their leaders are making the decisions that they're making. Mm-hmm. They're just told. Right. Here's what we've decided. Go and do right. it. Right. Mm-hmm. They really struggle with that. Um, 
and and they lose trust in leadership because they don't really know they they become devalued then because they don't really understand what the purpose of wow. of, of yeah. their job is. Yeah. Okay. So what do you do with that as a leader? Well, I'd go back and I'd say, okay, gosh, let's take a look at our value system. Let's take a look at our beliefs. You know, how, how are we practicing um, building trust, building loyalty? Um, how are we communicating? Okay, let's let's reevaluate this. You know what? We really need to do a better job of of uh, of communicating with our employees to build trust and to build right. more commitment. So here's how we're going to do that and change. Um, your strategic process by which you communicate to your employees and, and, and make it consistent, practice it. And I promise you, um, very quickly, employees will start to respond positively mm. and, they'll, and they'll trust you more because you're talking to them more. Right. It's, a lot of this, John, is, is it's not that difficult. Right. We just have to stop for a moment and pause and take a breath right. and just spend a little time thinking about it these things. And right. a lot of times we'll come up with great ideas on how we can make those improvements. Right. Right. And all that affects not only what employees will say about an organization, but those employees will tell people about that. And those people will then in turn tell other people. And that is the whole basis of story based marketing and branding. So if you ever want to change the way others talk about your brand, start by asking yourself, how does the culture of my organization play into what people say about my organization? And that's all the time we have for today. Thanks, Ben, so much for joining us Thanks, again buddy. and being on this podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel and like us on social media. I'm John Oni, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>